0: Welcome, everyone, to episode two of Who Am I, the Southside podcast. I'm Brian Dill. I'm Jackson Wells. We are excited that you have decided to tune in and listen to our episode for this week, January the 9th. And as we are going to try to do each time, we're going to start off with something a little light, something a little fun. Uh, This week, we're calling it Did You Know? Uh, something about ourselves that uh, we are thinking maybe you don't know. Uh, sometimes this "Did you know?" segment might be something different. It Might be little random pieces of information about scripture or or some something else in history or something. Uh, but this time it's about us. Just something that we're not sure that you know about us. I don't know. I hesitate to say who should go first. <laughs>
1: We can rock. You want to rock paper scissors? Uh, sure, okay. sure. All right, rock paper scissors shoot. Rock paper scissors shoot. Rock paper scissors shoot. All okay, right. I'll go. I guess I'll go first. Sure. We this, we I have no idea. We don't know what it means.
0: <laughs>
1: okay. So I actually I actually told this to somebody at church. One, okay. of, the, one of the kids. So okay. if they're listening, i will be surprised. Um, <laughs> but and I've told this to other people too. Um, okay. So, uh, but in in middle school and high school i shot archery that's the only sport that i played all throughout high school okay Um, the only one i did all four years for um enjoyed it um the first time i ever shot a 50 which is like the most you can score in one round right was actually at 15 meters Um, okay and you shoot at 10 meters you shoot at 15 meters the first time i ever shot a 50 was at the harder range right um, which was which was really cool I can remember when that happened and I don't I don't know what it was but something clicked after that I had not been good until I shot that 50 <laughs> <laughs> and that was my eighth grade year and after that I just I just went on a a, a, a target killing spree okay <laughs> um, and for the next two years I shot I shot pretty well the highest that I ever shot was my freshman year. Um, I was at a tournament in Trigg County, actually. I can remember riding up with my friend Nick and his dad, and we listened to a comedy CD on the way there and back. (laughs) It was a key memory. But anyways, at the tournament, I shot a two ninety. Good grief. Yes, best I ever shot. I got first place. Now, what's funny about that tournament is it was the B-team tournament. Yeah. (laughs) What does that mean? As, As a freshman, I wasn't. On the A team at that point, or oh. I didn't do good enough to be on the A team or something. I can't remember oh, no. all the details. I shot a 290 at this B team tournament, and after that, my coach gave me a little bit more attention. <laughs> but I was I was looking a second ago um, as to like how that compared. Like that's a 290 is a good score, yeah, right? Um, we went the rest of that year, and I shot at the state tournament, and I shot a 288 at the state tournament, wow. which is still a pretty good score. Yeah, but it's not good enough to win you first place Um, in the state in the state good grief um i was 17th in the state with a 288 yeah which i'm pretty sure a perfect score has been shot since then um it hadn't been done when i was in school but um i was never good enough on my team to even be the first like like we ranked each other, you know. Right. Austin Smotherman was always the best. <laughs> like he would always outshoot me. Even whenever he had a bad day, that was also the same day I had a bad day. But fun fact
0: I loved archery, still do. And the best ever shot was 290. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, mine also has to do with a number. Okay. But sweet. it's not 290, <laughs> uh, it's the number 23. Okay. So I think I, I've mentioned this to a couple people here and there. But um, it's just kind of ironic how the number 23 shows up so much in my life. So I was born on the 23rd of February, so it's it's my birth date. Uh, The first real sports figure that I really, really followed and got excited about as a kid wore number 23. It was not... Michael Jordan LeBron James it was no not LeBron <laughs> James uh, it was Ryan Sandberg who was the second baseman for the Cubs and so I you know I loved watching him play and uh, and then I I sort of followed Michael Jordan and the fact that he was number 23 that was kind of icing on the cake I guess but then it was later in life that I discovered that there is only one place in all of Scripture. Where Dill shows up. Okay. And it's in Matthew chapter twenty three, verse twenty three. That's that's little (laughs) it's a little weird. (laughs) (laughs) And so I was like, wow. So obviously twenty three is my number. And, uh, what was the, so,
1: what's the context of the dill in that passage?
0: That's uh, It's the woe to you uh, scribes and Pharisees who tithe mint, dill, and cumin, okay. but neglect the weightier matters of the law. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, so <laughs> it's not exactly a pleasant verse, <laughs> but um, so I remember... Uh, this past year with the softball team here at Southside, mm-hmm. we got new jerseys, and we were trying to get numbers from everybody. And Peyton Crump said, <laughs> I want number 23. And I said, sorry, you can't have it. <laughs> so I said, and it's not because I like Michael Jordan, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. so Peyton, if you're listening, now you know that there's more to it than that,
1: whatever. <laughs> no, I remember when those jerseys came in. I forgot what number I <laughs> asked yes. for, and so I picked up the number that I thought I got, and I tried it on. I was like, this thing is it's way too not. small. Yeah, yeah. it was a medium. <laughs> it's the
0: wrong number. Yeah, <laughs> twenty-three.
1: That is that's a uh, that's
0: unique. That's I, that's pretty you know, awesome. I get I enjoy it. You know, uh, yeah. that's it, a fun story to tell people that you know Dill is actually in the Bible, but yeah, it's only in one place. Yes. Um, <laughs> It's the. This is this is a
1: completely soundtrack. Me need to edit it out. But I remember as a kid, like my, my basketball number was thirty three, and like okay. like every time I watched a commercial, thirty three miles to the gallon, yeah, thirty three <laughs> ninety nine. It was like thirty three was everywhere. Right. And it, it's kind of like that. Uh, you don't notice the car you have until you get the car you yes, have. Yes, exactly. And it's everywhere. Right. Um. Which you know, it's
0: it's neat how how that works out. But <laughs> yours is. Yours is pretty cool. Yours really cool. But, now you know there was a movie called The Number Twenty Three. Uh uh But it was creepy. It, is it, was, it was a scary movie. It was. I wouldn't call it scary. It was just weird. Okay. It was Jim Carrey trying to play a serious role, which uh, is a bad idea, first yeah, of all. Yeah. And it just. It was just a weird, weird movie, and it did not make me like the Number Twenty Three any better. Yeah. <laughs> Man. <sighs> So, okay, so let's, let's talk now about our, our meat of the week. As we've mentioned a couple times, or <laughs> no, as we've mentioned before, uh, we're going to try and answer a question each week about who am I and what it means for our identity as Christians in a culture that is constantly shifting. And this week, the question is, am I good enough? I think this is a question that we know a lot of folks struggle with, uh, and maybe they struggle with it at different points in their lives. And I was thinking about how I've, I've had some folks that I've tried to talk to about their relationship with God and their relationship with Jesus, and they hesitate to become a Christian mm-hmm. because they say, I'm not good enough. Yeah, which stinks. <laughs> it does. I mean, it's, it's, and it is almost uh, the reverse of uh, the way our minds should be. Yeah. You know, it's because you're not good enough that you need Jesus, right? right, uh, right? Yeah. And, and, and so that's a challenge sometimes is helping people understand that, that you don't have to have it all figured out before you become a Christian. You don't have to be perfect right before you decide to follow Jesus and the, but there, there's
1: I was gonna say like there's you you'll never have it all under control well, right And as, as <laughs> I extend further into my adult life I, I realize that and I that's something that I wish people understood and I need to apply it myself because I want to have everything figured out and I want it to work smoothly but it's never going to go the way you want it to, and so if you're waiting
0: for it to get perfect, you're going to be waiting forever. <laughs> that's that's exactly right. So you know, I've seen it. I've seen it in the lives of people who uh, are trying to decide whether or not they can become a Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, they struggle with the idea of "Am I good enough?" But I've also seen Christians who really carry a lot of guilt mm-hmm. and shame in their lives as a result of struggling with sin yeah and so then the question becomes how do we how do we deal with that how do we uh, deal with the question am i good enough well
1: if you're going to ask that question the simple answer is no you are not good enough (laughs) none of us are good enough the key verse Romans uh, three twenty three says we have all fallen short of the glory of God. Right. Nobody is good enough to receive eternal glory or, or become a Christian. Like we're not good enough, but because of Jesus, because of what He did, because of all of the things that come because of Him, we receive God's grace. Um, right, And so it, it's, no, you're not good enough. You'll never be good enough. Nobody will ever be good enough. Jesus was the only one that was good enough, and he got killed. So, like, <laughs> I don't think you want that to happen to you. So um, there, there's some more to this passage that I would like to share in Romans uh, chapter 3. The heading in my Bible was, uh, no one is righteous. Mm. And then um, the other one I saw was, the whole world is guilty before God. And so... You're not alone if you feel like you're not good enough, and even if you do feel like you're good enough, take a take a step back and, and really assess <laughs> so, right. yourself. Um, there is a difference between like righteousness and goodness, but I think the way we're discussing it, it's like uh, it's goodness in the terms of am I good enough to be right with God? If that okay. may, if that makes sense, right. so I think this applies. Um, but in verse nine of Romans uh, chapter three, Paul admits that not even the jews uh have it better off which uh, again I'll, i think that's it's not funny but it, it kind of is because the jews are these people that have had god right there with them this whole time you would think they have right some sort of advantage sure. but paul who is a jew m- one of the most prolific writers of the new testament is saying not even god's people from the old testament have a better um, understanding or, or, or a better grasp of what it means to be um, good. Um, he uh, he goes on, and and I'll read verses 9 through 12 uh, from Romans chapter 3. He says, What then? Are we any better off? Not at all. For we have already charged that both Jews and Greeks are all under sin, as it is written. There is no one righteous, not even one, there is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. All alike have become worthless. There is no one who does what is good. Not even one. Pretty discouraging. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> We're like, man, right. I'm ready to be a Christian. I'm ready to do the right thing. I'm ready to be good. Uh, um, <laughs> no one is good. And so it is kind of demoralizing. And then like the the pivotal Part of that passage comes several verses later. Verse 23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Surrounding those verses in that passage is text that suggests, yeah, you have fallen short of the glory of God, but Jesus is the Redeemer. Jesus is the one that allows you to get that salvation. You're not good enough to get it on your own, but Jesus is. And so... Um, individually speaking, no, we're not good enough. Um, but thankfully
0: we've got Jesus <laughs> because without him, it'd be hopeless. <laughs> right. And, you know, sometimes I think we get it in our heads that, uh, maybe we are good enough. You know, you, you said mm-hmm. maybe some of us need to take a step back because I think we start thinking, well, I, you know, I do this, that's right. I do this, that's good. And I do this, that's right. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm better off than so, somebody else over here. And that's that's a no better of an approach than someone right. who's struggling with there's, the guilt. There's a whole humbling uh, process that has to happen in order to right, be considered right. a Christian. So Cuz there's no yeah. there's no amount of goodness that we could ever do or any amount of good that we could ever right. accomplish that would earn us anything. Yeah. Because our sin still separates us from God. Yeah. But also I hope that there's no one listening who is feeling pressure to do enough good to make up for their sin yeah. <laughs> because that's, that's a hopeless endeavor. Mm-hmm. And, and I hope that if you are feeling that pressure, if there's anyone out there that's struggling with this guilt or, or struggling with, with the pressure of having to accomplish enough good in your life to, to make up for the wrongs, I hope that you'll recognize that that God has relieved you of that responsibility through Jesus and through what he has done. And um, and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about is the, the second part of the question is, no, you're not good enough. There's no such thing, but that's okay. And I want us to really look at 1 John uh, chapter 1, and I'm going to read these three verses uh, here because I think they're, they're so powerful and so important for our understanding of where we are supposed to be in our relationship with God. Uh, 1 John 1, with, starting with verse 7, it says, But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus His Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now here's the thing, I think sometimes when we read the verse about walking in the light, we, we get this picture in our minds of okay, there's this light that is going down this path and I have to make sure that every step is in that path and boy if i take one step off into the shadows i'm in big big trouble Mm -hmm. and and we and we beat ourselves up with every step off into the shadows and we just oh man what a huge but did you notice when you put these verses together seven eight and nine there's no indication here that walking in the light means being sinless (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, John follows it up by saying, "You can't claim to be without sin." Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs>
0: it's crazy to ever th- even think something like that. And, and yeah. so instead, understand that that walking in the light means we're still going to mess up. Yeah, and John says that's what the blood of Jesus is for. Uh, it continues to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. He says that's why you come back to God. That's why you repent. That's why you uh, confess to Him, and you know, press on. Yeah,
1: Um, I can't remember where I learned this, and um, you may be able to enlighten us more about it. But um, you're talking about the the shadows and the light kind of going in and out of it. and, like, when, whenever we think of, like, being cleansed, we think of, like, baptism. And, um, right, sure. And um, I can't remember, like I said, I can't remember where I, I learned this, but the Pharisees or Jews in general did not get along with the Samaritans. And so if there was any interaction at all, they would take a mikvah bath, I think is what okay. it was called. Okay, okay. Um, and the reason I bring it up is because you're talking about shadows. Some people, the Pharisees, were so serious about it. It was, it was if their shadows crossed, um, they would go to their mikvah <laughs> and okay. cleanse themselves. Um, I think it's mikvah. Okay. It, I, I could be wrong. We may want to look that up. Mik- <laughs> mikvah could be something completely I mean,
0: that is a, a reference to a uh, ritual immersion yeah, yeah, that yeah. took
1: place in Judaism. So. I, I I hear what John's writing there, and I'm like, he. I don't know if this is why he was writing it, but he he talks about the light, and you know it it, it illuminates like what what happened when the Pharisees' shadow touched the Samaritan's shadow, nothing at all. Um, <laughs> they were still well, they still had their own sin in the first place. Like they they still were in the wrong. Sure, um, and so going to take that mikvah bath really didn't cleanse them of anything because there wasn't anything wrong there. There was other things in their heart that needed to be changed in the first place. Certainly.
0: um, Yeah. Yeah, and I think that, uh, you know, the challenge with the idea of of being good enough is that we put so much pressure on ourselves Mm -hmm. that – uh it is it is difficult to overcome yeah. well, and <laughs> we we
1: don't really have to face this as individuals in a society that doesn't think too much of us like we're not famous people or anything like that right like we don't have to worry about cancel culture but there's <laughs> right. like there's a little bit of that fear where like if we mess up a little bit we're afraid that there's going to be some group out there that just Hates us now, and sometimes we are. I think we we are afraid that Christians are going to view us like that. Like if they know that we sin and mess up, those Christians are going to come after us. And the whole point is to be a
0: family and encourage right. each other. Absolutely. Or even worse, we think you know, as soon as I step out of that light for a split second, mm-hmm. God's canceling me. Yeah. Uh, and I've got to I've yeah. got to do enough good to get back in His good graces or yeah. something of that nature. Yeah. And uh, that's you know, just confess that's, your sins and, and keep going. <laughs> right, right. And it's and it's not to, to make light of sin. I mean, there is certainly right. remorse that needs to take place there's, there. Like repent repentance is in
1: there. Keep like, right. Don't right. don't do the same thing over and over and over, even though you've right. You know,
0: there's yeah. There's much to it uh, than just that. But don't let the, the guilt overcome you, or the or the pressure to do enough good uh, to overwhelm you. Uh, so, just wanted to make sure that we uh, shared some of these thoughts with you this week. Hope that it is helpful for you. You're not good enough. <laughs> You're not good enough. That's right. <laughs> I hope that's an encouraging thing, <laughs> strangely enough. <laughs> uh, anything else you can think of I, that for this week, Jackson? I don't have anything else. Um,
1: I, this is the second one we've recorded, and I already feel better. So. <laughs> All right. All right.
0: Good. Good. Well. We are hoping and praying that you have a fantastic week, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Take care.